to the book of Matthew, chapter 26, and verse 67. We want to continue in our study. Uh, we've been doing a study on the face of our Lord uh, for several sessions, and uh, uh, we want to continue that this morning. This will be the final uh, study on that, unless I get inspired a little bit further. And so uh, we want to conclude, if uh, this is all I'm going to do, we'll see. Uh, I might get inspired on a few more, but uh, this is all that at the moment. Uh, and so uh, we've been doing this study, taking scriptural references to the face of our Lord Jesus Christ, and then uh, delving into the Bible to uh, begin to expand that. It makes a very good study. Been very interesting to me. I need somebody to get Matthew 26:67. Uh, Carlene Croft's going to do that for me. I need several more scriptures. Isaiah 52, verse 14 is uh, Kyle. I need uh, Matthew 27, 27 through 30, Mike uh, Ramirez. I need Matthew 26, uh, 67 and 8, Don Galati. And Matthew 27, verse 26, uh, Bill Brunson. So we want to uh, talk this morning about the despised face. Now, this is a... Uh, a generation of celebrity Christianity. And very interesting to observe over the many uh, past years of the prominent people who have professed faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and immediately uh, they've been put on display. In other words, these are media figures or these are sports figures and they've been put on display as an example of uh, the superiority of the ability of Christianity to reach uh, uh, people. But uh, uh, this has been very interesting to observe. Uh, many of you remember Bob Dylan, his great conversion, uh, Johnny Cash, uh, 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 Jane Fonda is more recent. And so uh, these are people who were put on display among many others uh, when they were first saved and touted as, uh, isn't this a great, uh, a great uh, example of uh, the wonderful things that Christianity can do. But the interesting thing is that when they begin to experience what Christianity really is and the essence of what was involved is that you're not going to be any longer admired as a media figure if you really uh, live as a Christian. Uh, when that began to happen, well, then they begin to cash it in and they disappeared uh, from the scene. And you can't escape... Uh, the uh, reality of the facts of what Christianity is and, uh, and uh, what it is. Uh, here in this text, we're going to face the facts of Christianity. I remember Johnny Cash uh, made uh, what the gospel road. This was a great uh, thing. But when uh, Johnny went to cash in his Las Vegas contracts, he no longer wanted to sing in the casinos. Why? Uh, they said, no problem. We just need $12 million back from you. Well... Uh, then he said, well, maybe I can sing, you know, a little. <laughs> and so uh, in the process of time, he completely lost his testimony there because he compromised. Because Christianity is what it is. How many of you know that? And uh, the, Bible rec uh, 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 the Bible records what Christianity really is, not what people say it is. And this is why we do Bible classes, is so that we bring you face-to-face 
with what the Bible says, not what man is doing or saying or not the, uh, the popular trend or uh, what uh, people have made out of it. And so Matthew 26, 67, we want to take a look at the despised face of our Lord Jesus Christ. Read that out loud for us, please. Then they spat in his face and beat him. Others struck him with the palms of their hands. Then they spat in his face and uh, beat him, and others struck him with the palms uh, of their hand. Now, this is a phenomenal... Uh, uh, this is a phenomenal uh, scripture and insight because uh, the Bible says Jesus uh, went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed to the devil. Amen? Uh, the Bible says that Jesus uh, was God incarnate. It gives all these uh, tremendous and glowing records of what Jesus did and what he said. But here we find uh, that when it comes down to where the rubber meets the road, reality of the demands that's going to be made in human personality, they spat in his face, beat him, and smote him with their hands. So, first of all, we want to talk about the satanic hatred because when you deal with Christianity, you're dealing with a spiritual dimension. This moves it outside or transcends normal human personality and, uh, and traits. And we have a prophetic picture that was given to us in Isaiah Isaiah 52, verse 14. As many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man, and his foam more than the sons of man. And many were astonished at him, and his form was marred more so than any man. Moffat says he was disfigured till he seemed a man no more. Uh, it is Schofield in his footnotes uh, takes uh, that says so marred from the form of man was his aspect that his appearance was not that of a son of man or in other words uh, did not look human so here we have then this despised face we have the satanic uh, 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 hatred and uh, the excellent uh, presentation last night of the dream. If you missed that, well, you need to catch it a week from Monday. It's going to be shown again on the Courthouse Plaza. And the dream hater. This gives us a little insight by uh, uh, a very very powerful drama of uh, the effect. So this is the effect of the brutality uh, of the the treatment of our Lord Jesus Christ and so we need to come to grips with that. Matthew 27, 27 through 30, gives us a little detail. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had uh, plated a crown of thorns, they put it on his head, and he reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spat upon him, and they spit upon him, and took the reed and smote him on the head. All right, we're dealing with the despised face. Uh, the the uh, dream, the uh, core of the dream is the dream hater. So what we're dealing with is a spiritual dimension. We're dealing with Satan, uh, who hates everything that represents God. And we see his uh, uh, vial poured out upon our Lord Jesus Christ through human personality. Matthew 26, uh, verses, 20, verses 67 and, and 8. 
Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? All right, here's the despised face. They spat on him. They buffeted him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They struck him with a, uh, a reed, which is actually a cane, and, uh, and uh, uh, all this manner of uh, maltreatment in their despicable uh, treatment of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Matthew 27, verse 26. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. They scourged Jesus. This is a whipping post. You know the imagery of that. Uh, And so uh, remember now, this is God in the flesh. This is a treatment of God in the flesh. I need uh, I need some uh, more scripture. Matthew 27, 39 through 44 is Brad, and Hebrews 12 verse 3 is uh, Brian Simon. So here's God in the flesh. Someone wrote this. Uh, it is very interesting. Said we have had a shallow line of teaching among us to the inf- to the effect that men o- uh, have only to see goodness and they will respond to it, follow it, be held by it. That theory takes no notice of the realistic picture of deranged human nature which we have in the Bible where we read, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's Jeremiah 17, 9. What is more, it flies in the face of the facts. Uh, The purest, gentlest, loveliest soul that ever graced this planet was the man of Galilee, and men treated him as though he had been a felon or... A fiend. So one of the greatest uh, assaults, uh, uh, other than uh, physical pain, is a uh, is in a uh, realm of our personality. And one of the things that is the most difficult to take is people who slander. Uh, they misrepresent us. They lie about our character. They detract from who we are. They contradict uh, who we are. And this is very difficult. How many of you ever had anybody that just outright lied about you and misrepresent the facts. Okay. Think of this scripture, Matthew 27, 39 through 44. And those who passed by blasphemed him, waging their, waging, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Okay. Those who passed by. Jesus is being uh, crucified. He's going through the dynamics. They pass by. They begin to mock him and say, uh, You who are going to destroy the temple. You, you save yourself. Go ahead. If you are the Son of God, come down from that cross. If you are the Son of God, you need to come down from that cross. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he is the King of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. So here's the chief priests, these are the religious rulers, these are the folks with their collars turned around backwards who are sitting in places of power and have inroads into the government. And they begin to now uh, say, oh, so uh, you, you're the one who's going to save people. So if you are the son of God, which you claim to be, why don't you come down from the cross and you save us and others also? One of the most difficult things in life is to have somebody that contradicts who you know that you are and what you have done and begin to slander you, contradict you publicly, and begin to assault your character. How many of you know that? Very, very difficult 
to remain silent when this is going on. Hebrews 12, verse 3. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. You consider him who suffered the contradiction of sinners against himself uh, unless you become discouraged in your soul. And, uh, and so what we're looking at example, uh, this is what Jesus had to bear. This is what a Christian life is all about. Okay, are you still with me? It's not getting saved as you're a, a star figure and uh, suddenly you're put on display and uh, you uh, are uh, the star of uh, the Christian Conversion Club and, uh, and you have speaking engagements uh, all over the world. When I read about Jane Fonda, they, they supposedly were keeping her under wraps and uh, they didn't want the public to know what she had done. She supposedly had made a decision. Undoubtedly, she had prayed. But uh, I observed uh, recently uh, when uh, she was being interviewed by Barbara Walters uh, and Barbara Walters wants to get this out of her. That, uh, and you became a Christian. Yeah. So Jane Fonda, from what I'm reading, she's just done a big uh, uh, nasty book that uh, is making the rounds about her sex life and all the stuff that's there. And so it's a bestseller. She's going to make millions out of that. She's back in the flicks again after 15 years of being married to, uh, uh, oh, what's his face? And so uh, here's Hanoi Jane. She's servicing again. Barbara Walter wants to know about this Christian uh, aspect about, and said, and you became a Christian. And she says these words, uh, I became a Christian feminist. <laughs> that says it all. Amen? Because there are no Christian f- feminists in the Bible. They're just Christians. So uh, we know what's happened to Hanoi Jane, back to square one. And so here we have now, this all is embroiling the satanic hatred against the gospel of Jesus Christ, which will pervert, twist, move upon every person who makes a profession with Christ. And the assault and the pressure is to get them to divert or to turn aside or to deny or to be so twisted in it that it destroys the impact of the real conversion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Very few people can stand up under that. It takes a real Believer to stand up on it. You just have a shallow Christianity wasting your time. You'll never make it. I can tell you for sure. Uh, Tony Franklin was telling me last night that he was working on a house out of here. And uh, he's witnessing to the woman who just moved here. She wanted to find a church. So he's been to tell her about where he goes to the potter's house. She says, great, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come there. And uh, I'm going to check that out because I've been looking for a church. And so the next time he went back, she said, oh, I, uh, I went online and checked out the Potter's house, and she said, I'd like to find a church that is uh, a little less controversial. (laughs) Well, go find one, because you won't find it here. Amen? But we did have a little bit of an interesting scenario happen this week, is uh, the the guy who slammed the door. How many of you know what slammed the door is? Let me see your hands. Okay, the rest of you, don't waste your time, because it's not worth your knowing about and so Slam the Door was this uh, website that, uh, that uh, they've been uh, supposed uh, members that have left the Potter's house and they're telling how they've been dominated and held in bondage and nobody will let them go for all these years and have ruined their whole lives. You know, they could have been in prison or they could have been dead, but we've ruined their life. Now they're... Uh, so 
they go online and tell their story, and so all these bizarre stories are uh, appearing. And so one of our congregation uh, uh, did a little hacking uh, on the website and turned up the uh, the main guy, and, and she discovered that all these uh, these emails are supposedly from these dissident people were coming from the same computer. So she uh, begins to do a little investigation, found out that there's a total of eight people have actually been uh, from different uh, computers have been contributing to it. And uh, so she uh, publishes all these IP numbers, uh, sends it to the guy who she discovered uh, somehow. I don't know how they do all this because I don't understand computers. But she found out who this guy was and, uh, and published it on it. And he totally panicked, jerked the whole thing. If you go to look for Slam the Door, it's not there anymore. God has a sense of humor. So here's this guy who's been having conversations with himself. I was in the potter's house for 20 years. It destroyed all my whole life, and, and, uh, and I've, uh, I've ruined my whole life. And then the answer comes back, yes, I know this. Having, it was the same guy talking to himself. <laughs> well, praise God. So on we go. Meanwhile, we're still functioning. So uh, reproach uh, is a satanic plot, uh, satanic hatred, uh, and this is what they did to Jesus. Now, Jesus did not uh, soft pedal. When he was making disciples, uh, he taught the disciples that they were going to be despised. They were talking about the despised face. So we need several more scriptures over my far left. Matthew 13, 21 is Phil. I want Luke 6, 22 is Phil. Uh, Bauer, Phil, uh, b- b- what's his name? Phil uh, Mayot. Phil Mayot. You've only been coming here 25 years, so you get uh, Matthew 13:21. Phil Bayer, Luke 6:22. I want Matthew 10:24 and 25 is Chris. I want Mark 10 verse 30 is Pete uh, Walter. So Jesus taught his disciples. He was right up front. He uh, taught them glorious truths, revelation to the kingdom. But he did not hide the fact uh, that this is not a popularity contest. What you're in, boys, uh, is going to be resisted. You're going to, as followers of me, suffer the same fate that I'm uh, uh, suffering. And uh, so he uh, uh, lays it out. He tells many parables. One of these is the parable of the seed and the sower. And uh, as a life of the believer says, this is what it's going to be about. Matthew 13, verse 21. Yet he has no root in himself. Yet he has no root in himself. It's very interesting imagery he gives here. But endures only for a while. He endures only for a while. Very shallow. He's moving with the popular opinion. You could you could uh, put uh, 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 Bob Dylan. You could put Johnny Cash. You could put Jane Fonda. You could put a whole stream of sports personality in this. Go ahead. For when tribulation or persecution arises. For when tribulation or persecution arises, when they want their $12 million back, Johnny, that's when the rubber meets the road. He's going to pay them $12 million back. And say, I'm a Christian, I don't sing in Vegas. Or you then begin to dance around the issue and you lose your testimony. Go ahead. Because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Immediately he caved in and he no longer will hold to his testimony because he can't stand this despicable behavior, this despising. Jesus uh, 
the Bible said, had a despised face. Luke 6, verse 22. Blessed are you when men hate you, and when they exclude you, and revile you, and cast out your name as evil. Blessed are you when men hate you, they revile you, cast out your name as evil. Uh, and here's the reality as Jesus lays it down. This is what it's going to be to be a Christian. So, and that doesn't mean because you're obnoxious. doesn't mean because you're, uh, uh, you are stealing from people. Or you are a person that they can't stand. There's another element involved. That element is a spiritual element. You now are involved in the conflict between heaven and hell, between light and darkness, between God and Satan. Here's an eternal conflict that billions of souls are held in the balance, and you're caught now in that stream. And as you are going to represent God, you're going to be the assault of the devil. This is where this comes from, Matthew 10, 24 and 25. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. But the disciple is not above the teacher, nor uh, the servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher. It is enough for the disciple that he be, uh, that he be like his teacher. The servant like his master. And the servant like his master. If they've called the master of the house Beelzebub. If they've called the master of the house Beelzebub or child of the devil. How much more will they call those of his household? How much more will they call those of his household? These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's holding a discipleship class. Discipleship, he says, means that you are a follower. Come with me. Walk with me. Be like me. And now he's saying, and you experience the same thing I'm going to experience and Mark 10, verse 30. He shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands. I'm going to bless him. He's going to receive in this time houses, mothers, sisters, brothers, with persecutions. And in the world to come, eternal life. In the world to come, eternal life. Okay. So the prosperity boys hate to put that little shot in there. But that's a part of the arena. And in the process of time, this is how... It works out. Okay, so a reproach then comes to the territory. I want several more scriptures, Psalms 69, 7 through 9. Uh, Dennis, if you get that for me, Paul, Hebrews 12, verse 2. Uh, Joel, Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Is it uh, Jeremiah, Hebrews 11, 25 and 26. I need Hebrews 13, 10 through 14 is Jeff Cooper. So this comes with the territory. Now, this doesn't mean that the Christian life is this uh, horrible, awful, uh, 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 mule-faced, no blessing, no happiness, no reward, no joy, no power, no nothing. It's going to be a Christian. But this goes with the territory, and you're not going to escape it. And so Jesus wants us to understand. Prophecy, Psalm 69 Verses 7 through 9. Because for your sake I have borne reproach, shame has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children. Because zeal for your house has eaten me up, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. Uh, this is a messianic psalm. This is a psalm about the Lord Jesus Christ. 
that fits, of course, the Christian testimony and the life lived for God. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author or the pioneer and the finisher of our faith. So here's the example. This is what we're doing. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father. Then I want Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal to let this mind or this mindset, this mentality be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not think it robbery to be thought equal with God, but, go ahead, but made himself no reputation, but did not use that uh, as, an, uh, as a way to escape. Go ahead. Taking the form of a bondservant. Took the form of a bondservant. Coming in the likeness of men. Coming in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man. And being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, death He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Then we want Hebrews 11, 25 and 26. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. He had respect unto the recompense of the reward. This is Moses who uh, uh, saw the wonderful blessings that were before him, and uh, rather than be thought the son of Pharaoh's daughter, took the reproach. And the, the despised position of the people of God. Hebrews 13, 10 through 14. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. We have an altar which those which serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. Paul's putting uh, in profile uh, and contrast uh, the uh, superior position of a person who believes spiritually. For the bodies of those animals. So the bodies of those animals which are uh, sacrificed for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood. Therefore Jesus, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood. Suffered outside the gate. Suffered outside the gate. This is Calvary. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. Therefore, let us go uh, forth unto him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. So here, uh, uh, the Lord Jesus is is uh, putting in, uh, 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 or Paul is putting in bold contrast uh, the uh, the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Hebrew believers are having a difficult time. Persecution has broken out. It is uh, not just uh, the normal reproach. This is a severe persecution. And some of them begin to waver, said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't think that this, I thought God was uh, on my side. 
I thought this is going to be a wonderful uh, life, that uh, we're supposed to escape all these problems. We're supposed to be all millionaires, drive Mercedes. What's, what's the deal here? And Paul writes and says, this is what it means to be a Christian. The example of Jesus suffered outside the gate. Let the, us then go because we have a superior state and posture and a relationship with God. All right, I want Acts 5, 40 through 41. Uh, Brad will do that. I want uh, 1 Peter 4, 14 is Pete Walter, and 1 Thessalonians 2, 2 is David. So let's have these, because reproach comes with the territory. Jesus taught the disciples. This was very plain, that they're going to be despised. This goes with the territory. And so we have to embrace this and bring it into our understanding. Acts 5, 40 and 41. And they agreed with them, and when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus. Wait a minute. They're preaching the gospel. This is the truth. This is God's eternal revelation they're preaching. So when they caught them and had beaten them and said, we don't want to hear the name of Jesus anymore. And let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. They departed from the council, went to the pastor and said, Pastor, what's the deal here? You... You give this uh, invitation. You said it's going to be a wonderful thing. And they're beating us. Uh, and look at these marks that we have on us. Uh, what's the deal? You know, uh, enter into a better way. Uh, maybe I ought to go to the first church of the Frigidaire. They don't, uh, they don't do that to them over there. They treat them nice and say all kinds of nice things about them. Right? No. They said, thank God. We have the privilege of suffering for our Lord Jesus Christ. Those words that we've just uttered are as foreign to most of Christianity as if I was speaking an alien language on planet Earth. It is not the representation that is preached. It is totally foreign. And uh, we're going to do a little elaboration in a little while uh, on these things. But first, First Peter 4.14. You are reproached for the name of Christ. Blessed are you. The spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. If you are reproached for the name of Jesus Christ, blessed are you, or happy are you, for you know that you are a genuine believer. If that's how, this is the mark of authenticity. This is validation. That proves you're not a counterfeit. Anything else there? What? On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. Their parties blasphemed on your parties glorified. Finally, First Thessalonians 2, verse 2. But even after we had suffered before, we were slightly treated at Philippi, as we know, we were bold in our God to speak to you with the gospel of God. All right. This is the Apostle Paul. He's, he's giving a record of what has happened to them. All right. So here now, let's move this into the arena of modern Christianity. So uh, the... Uh, the great trend of pioneering churches today is marketing your church. That means you do a survey of the neighborhood that you want to open a church and say, who would you like to have in a church? Oh, okay. What about you? Yeah. What about you? And then you say, this is the kind of church we want. And that becomes the advertising campaign of how you're going to start your church. Then they call the seeker sensitive churches. You know what seeker-sensitive churches are? It's not the potter's house. (laughs) 
That means that you are very careful. That doesn't mean you uh, should be obnoxious or insult people that come in. But it means that uh, you uh, will preach the gospel as it's written, not try to cater it, change it, repackage it, make it acceptable, because people are lost for eternity. We're not in a a publicity campaign or a popularity contest. We are dealing with heaven or hell. We're dealing with the issues of life. uh, And uh, this is not just for this time, but for time or eternity. Souls are law damned in a devil's hell. uh, And uh, if you're going to be uh, 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 too sensitive about what people think about you, you're not going to be able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. uh, And another cliche is uh, felt Needs. What are your felt needs? We don't have to do a market survey. Just read uh, back in the book of Exodus 32. What do the people want? They want uh, sex orgies and golden calves. That's what they want. As soon as Moses doesn't come back, they say to Aaron, make us gods uh, like we like. And the next thing you know is he comes down, he hears wild music, uh, and he says, what is this? There's war. They're fighting. He said, no, no, no. This is music. These people are reveling. They come down. They're worshiping the golden calf. They stripped off all their clothes. They're having a big sex orgy, and it's a wild uh, go-go scene. They're going getting down for it. That's what people want. Right? But they want to make a God that will embrace that lifestyle. And if you begin to give people what they want instead of what the gospel declares, then you're not preaching the gospel. One author says, For remember this, the same resentments and rebellions that Jesus had aroused in the unholy hearts of those men of long ago are stirring now in the hearts of modern folks who by their deeds if not by their words are saying we'll not have this man to reign over us okay so we got time for a little bit of comment uh, or question anybody have a comment or question this morning about anything i've said grace well when you were talking about blessed you you know when Basically, when you're persecuted for Christ's sake. When I'm talking about persecuted for Christ's sake. When Bruce and I came out here to join the Potter's When Grace and Bruce came moved out here to join the Potter's house. The family was so against us. I mean, they totally turned their back. The family was so against us, turned their back on us. Well, we went back this past October, and because of us just sticking through with what we've learned here, his son is now serving God. They went back in last October, and because of them sticking to what uh, they've learned here, now the son is saved, serving God. All right. Anybody else? Question or comment? Phil Mayotte. I was wondering if you'd explain that statement in Hebrews 12 where it said, Jesus endured the cross, but he despised the shame. What exactly does that mean, that he despised the shame? Well, he shoved it off. He, did, uh, he, didn't, he didn't allow it to affect him. In other words, uh, shame, uh, which we've been talking about, the shaming. Beating, cross, read, uh, the uh, spitting the face, the beating with the... All of that is to shame him, mocking, and he discounted that. He said, I, uh, that's not going to affect me. Went ahead and did what God had called him to do and uh, suffered and died. Uh, so modern-day Christianity uh, doesn't despise the shame. They worry about it. They worry about the shame. A letter to the editors, enough to put some over the edge. Pastor, did you see what they're writing about us? 
Amador. There's a great book for this guy. He's the editor of a fast dirty magazine. You're reading a book. This guy used to be a former editor of a dirty magazine. He used to be the editor of a dirty magazine. Okay. I realize that as kids grow up, has grown up, that the Christians are right against pornography. So he's grown up. He realizes the Christians are right about pornography. So he's writing this thing against it, against pornography. Now. So he's writing against pornography. Too late, you know. It's, uh, you've already just cast your bread upon the waters. Now it's being reaped by who knows how many people. Who was it, Madonna, that uh, she had a child, and uh, all of a sudden she's concerned about uh, uh, what her uh, child is going to embrace in life. She's been she's been defiling uh, a whole generation of young people with uh, boobs, naked boobs. Uh, Go go dancing, whatever else, and uh, now she's worried about her child after she's ruined yours. Okay, uh, Lou Alagi. Uh, years past, we worked for a self project, and I was real zealous about spreading the word. And they took me to the assistant superintendent and said, "You're going to have to calm it down." And I said, "Well, this is you know what I believe." Well, they sent me to a psychiatrist. Salt River Project sent you to psychiatrist. Mm. And uh, after three visits, the psychiatrist said, you just need to quit telling people about Jesus. There's nothing wrong with you. Okay, the psychiatrist said, the only thing wrong with you is you're telling people about Jesus. So you need to quit that because you're disturbing the workplace. So let me ask you this now, because this brings me to uh, to the uh, uh, conclusion. And uh, so uh, why do people despise Jesus in the gospel? Let's Let's nail that down. Why did they do that? Carol? Because we are, uh, if you're not saved, you are children of the devil, children of disobedience. And the father, or the one that has control of your life, is basically Satan. He has reigns and authority since the fall. And so that thing is activated when righteousness comes Okay, you're a child of God and uh, not a child of the devil anymore. Uh, Mike Solano, real loud for us. The gospel, uh, it, it makes you need to do something. You need to change something. And what you need to change is the things that you like to do, which is you sit. <coughs> so when you're confronted with that, you're going to hate that because you don't want to change. So the gospel shines light on your sin. And you don't want to change, and so you have to attack the thing that's there. Okay, rat hole religion. I used to work as a laundry equipment repairman in big apartment buildings in uh, Los Angeles, California, and I couldn't tell you how many times I've stepped in the laundry room, turned the light on so a big rat go down the sewer. You know, they can't stand light. Sin is darkness. The gospel is light. Very good. Somebody else? Uh, Mike Sanchez. Why do people despise the gospel in the Lord Jesus Christ? Uh, I remember when I was in Oklahoma, I, I had a guy that, you know, I, I prayed with him, and he, he was in the Air Force, and uh, we, we went on a few outreaches there, and, and he, he was a real religious type of guy, you know, and, and then I took him to Muskogee to an outreach, you know, where there's going to be a bunch of young people, and it was like a parade. He ran off and I couldn't find him. He hid from us, you know, so the outreach was over. But he claimed to be a Christian. 
but he didn't want to be in the open in the parade. He didn't want to identify. Okay, so before we run out of time, I need five, Ephesians 5, uh, 13 uh, over on my far right. Somebody help me over here. Far right. Way in the back. Is it Isaac? Uh, Ephesians 5, 13. Mike Solano, John 3, 19 through 21, and 2 Timothy 3, 3. Somebody help us. Uh, who is it back there? Mr. Mazan. 2 Timothy 3, verse 3. Then I want to, in this section, Matthew 12, 39 and 40 is Matthew, and Mark 7, 11 is uh, Will. Okay, so Ephesians 5, 13, because, as Mike Solano says, it puts them in the spotlight of their sin. Their sin is spotlighted, and they're uh, exposed. Isaac? But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. Or whatever makes it manifest is light. Okay, the things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. And then uh, uh, b- 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 John 3, 19 through 21. This is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds are evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light. Everyone who does evil hates the light. I asked you the question. Why do people hate Jesus and the gospel? Go ahead. Neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Because if he comes around where believers are and where the gospel's preached, uh, suddenly uh, his, uh, he's, uh, they're convicted. Go ahead. But he that does truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest. But if you will uh, turn and from sin, repent, turn to God, the light doesn't bother you. As a matter of fact, you're attracted to it uh, because you're uh, doing what God wants you to do. In 2 Timothy 3, verse 3. All right. These are the deeds that uh, are deeds of uh, darkness. uh, And so... Uh, religions and doctrines and traditions are challenged. This is the second reason that people hate Christ and the gospel. Matthew 12, 39 and 40. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall be no sign given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. So for for Jonas was was three days and three nights in the bell's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. All right, here's an evil, adulterous, uh, adulterous generation, uh, and uh, they're not getting any sign except the sign of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mark 7, 11. But you say, if a man say to his father or mother, it is Corbin, that is to say, a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, uh, shall be free. The Lord Jesus is confronting head-on. One of the major doctrines of the religious establishment was to allow people to escape their moral responsibilities to their family by giving a little money to the church. And they would would, uh, 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 say, you're off the hook uh, for that. And because of these and many others, that uh, the washing of the cups, the rituals, the fringes, all the things they went through, and he's challenging those... uh, they rose up against him. Then I want Mark 6, 17 and 18. Far left over here. Somebody help me quickly. 
is uh, 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 Brian. Uh, I want First uh, Corinthians four twelve is Tony. I want First Peter two twenty three. Uh, Phil uh, Mayot. So another reason is because their morals are called into question. Jesus said, "An evil and adulterous generation." This is one of the major difficulties. It's when you begin to discipline morals, you begin to preach against fornication, adultery, you begin to uh, preach against homosexuality and lesbianism. Uh, you're not going to do that without stirring up a flurry of, uh, of opposition because uh, people, one of the strongest passions has to do with their sexual involvement and they get very upset when you call them into question. Mark 6, 17 and 18. For here himself had sent lay hold of John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, the brother of Philip's wife, Ray Marion, or his brother Philip's wife, Ray Marion, because John had sent Herod. It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herod had a brother, his name is Philip. He liked his wife. He engineered to get his wife, and he's married her. She has a daughter. Her name is Herodias, and so uh, she does a little coochie dance and. Uh, uh, he likes that, and uh, so uh, uh, he gets all uh, carried away, hot and bothered, said, ask anything that you want, even half the kingdom. said, all I want is John the Baptist's head in a charger. And so because uh, of John saying to Herod's, uh, Herod, you are in sin. You have taken your brother's wife. It's a public confrontation, and John the Baptist paid with his life because he dared uh, to bring his morals into question. So this brings us down now to you and I. What action are you going to take when uh, you're reproached? Some of you new converts in here. You haven't been saved very long. So what happens when you go home? You're a young person. You go home and, and say to mom and dad, Hey, great thing, man, I got saved. I kicking dope, the chicks, I'm living for God. Uh, that's great. Uh, what church is that? The potter's like, uh-oh. Yeah. Let me tell you. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Pastor Mitchell locks people in the back room. I mean, tell you, they've got TVs there. They go yaggity, 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 yaggity. Uh, let, me see, let me show you what they're saying uh, on the Internet about Pastor Mitchell and the potter's house. And all of a sudden, they say, okay, cave in. Still with me? So what are you going to do when this comes to you? We've got some in here right now. And uh, so I understand that Ronnie, on his wedding day, that his mom and dad had some insight they wanted to give him as he's going to marry this girl from that horrible bunch of people over there and uh, gave him a little tune-up. Is that right, Ronnie? So what'd you tell him? You what? No, I, they were just like, um, well, my mom was like, she didn't want to go to the church, but she did because it was for me. I'm all... Watch, Mom. When you go, you're going to realize that they're, they're not going to lock the doors. They don't have black robes on. They're not, going to... <laughs> not sacrificing chickens here. That's right. <laughs> she said she read a bunch of stuff on the Internet. Oh, she read some stuff on the You know that everything on the Internet's true. I mean, you never... Right? <laughs> she was surprised, though, because after, after, after the service, she was like, wow, it was nothing like I seen her. I'm like, see, I told you. Okay, well, isn't that astonishing? Okay, so uh, then uh, 1 Corinthians 4.12. And we labor working with our own hands. Reviled, we bless. Reviled, we bless. Persecuted, we what? We get kicked off. Uh, <laughs> okay. 
First Peter 2, 23. <laughs> When he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But committed off in his righteousness. Okay. Uh, there's an interesting little burb I picked up. It said, somewhere I've read about the death of a notorious... So how are we going to react? This is the question. Somewhere I read, I've read about the death of a notorious Spanish patriot whose name was Navarro's. As he lay dying, his father confessor came to see him and he inquired if Narvaez had forgiven all his enemies. Looking at the priest with a hard sort of astonishment, he replied, Father, I have no enemies. I've shot them all. <laughs> okay. So we got time for a couple of comments. Question. Uh, Sonny. Recently, my, my sister came to visit us, and she's her husband's a tattoo. Um, Recently, uh, her sister came to visit her. Her husband's a tattoo artist. So she has a lot of tattoos. But we were discussing with her um, the fact her friend desperately needed healing. And she needed healing in her body as well. And I know not to go there with her because she gets really upset. But I have to, you know. And so I told her that she could be healed and that her friend could be healed and that God heals. And he, that we have been healed in our bodies. And she got very upset and said, no, it's just a, a belief system that will just make you feel better in your mind. But it's not, God can't powerfully heal people. And um, she got so upset with us about it that she took her kids and left and was very upset. And I didn't really understand it until now, is the fact that if God is real and can physically heal, then God is physically there and knows her sin and what she's doing is why she got so upset about that. So now you understand. But yeah, but it's just amazing that she can come over covered in tattoos, but and that's who she... Just over a couple of tattoos. Well, over the healing part. Oh, okay. With tattoos and be who she is, but she expects me... Right, so she wants you to accept her tattoos. And so they're on places where she's got to uncover parts of it to see. Right. Okay, so I got the point. So this is, uh, this is the issue, uh, and this is the gospel. I had a wonderful testimony. Uh, I was down in, in Kyleen, Texas on Monday night. I prayed for a number of people. Uh, one man is gloriously healed, and he's back instantly, new convert. But I had a member of the congregation that brought a little baby, and he said, uh, he, he said to me, the baby only has one kidney and is, is facing an operation. And uh, so uh, it was born that way. And so I... Uh, prayed for this baby and led this uh, father uh, in a prayer and uh, I felt led to break the curse of ancestry and witchcraft and uh, uh, so the pastor called me yesterday he said I got a glorious testimony because I prayed and led the, fa the father in a prayer for a creative miracle of two whole kidneys in this body and he, he called me and he said they were doing an investigative because they're going to operate on this little baby. The doctor investigated. And apparently the one kidney only had like a tube to it. It wasn't really functioning correctly. And he said the doctors told the, the father, I don't know what's happened to this baby. This baby has two whole kidneys. Amen. Praise God. Thank God. Okay, we're going to have church right now. The Lord bless you.